0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets.
1: And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Weber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Bet with Dr. Jeff. We're here for you, we're here for your pets. So um, take advantage of me. I mean, you you got me for uh, 30 minutes. You can ask me anything. So that's why we call AMAs. So um, a couple of ways to get a hold of us. The old-fashioned way is toll-free phone. 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Better is to join me here live you can go on PetLifeRadio.com, click on Shows, scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there is a link there. It's a Zoom link. You can join us here live. That's the best way because I get to see you and I get to see your pet. And I can tell you one thing. From doing over 3,000 virtual visits on AirVet, my telemedicine platform, I can tell you the importance of not just seeing the pet, not a picture. Pictures are good. They say pictures worth a 1,000 words, but when you see video, when you can actually see that pet, the way it interacts, the way it walks, the way it's its movement, its expression, it makes a huge difference. And I say, so if a picture's worth a thousand words, a video's worth a hundred thousand words. And um, it is so true. That's why I love doing the telemedicine where there is actual live video interaction because I get to see it. So for those of you joining me live on Instagram, on my Instagram live, um, you can leave messages I will get to see them, but if they start scrolling up really fast, I might miss them. I'm recording everything, but I may not have to get you live. So if you have something that's really urgent, hop on to Pet Life Radio. Same thing, click on Shows, Ask the Vets Dr. Jeff, join me on the Zoom link. Also, you recall last week, I was live from Cabo, and towards the end of the show, I was told by many that the Wi-Fi was just in and out. If any of you could, that was there last week remember some of the things we were talking about where I was breaking up, would you please send it to me here? And I'm going to uh, repeat them. I, I made some notes. I know it was at the end of the show. So it would be great if you could just let me know what the t- subjects were. And I'd be happy to go over them again. Also, those of you here live on Pet Life Radio, I'm not sure if you even, if the Wi-Fi wasn't breaking up for you as well. So it probably was. Anyway, so as you know, I like to peruse the veterinary news and go through some things. And uh, it wouldn't be normal this time this during this recent year and a half or almost two years this era if you will of a pandemic era so more big cats surprise surprise more big cats facing covid infections check this out this is from the saint louis zoo now if this doesn't tell you that none of these cats none of these cats were able to pass it to people and so obviously either visitors or most likely zoo personnel that were going into these enclosures, and they were feeding these animals and working with these animals, had COVID, passed it, and then very likely they may be able to pass it to each other. Uh, so we have, from the St. Louis Zoo, check this out, two African lions, two snow leopards, two jaguars, a puma, and an and amur tiger. And interesting also, all of them had had their first vaccine, and they got infected anyway. None of them are very sick. They have minor respiratory signs, so I mean it's it's actually pretty amazing that how well they do. We should we should maybe get some of their serum because uh, they they don't they really don't get sick from it. And uh, uh, but obviously they, they pass it on because it would be unlikely that they all gave it to each other. Maybe not. So anyway. As far as our canine and feline patients, people continually ask, should we, is there a vaccine for our our canine and feline patients? There is no need to vaccinate. That's very important. Right now, no need to vaccinate. Clinical signs, if present, are usually very, very mild. And if anyone in your household has had COVID and you have a dog or a cat, it is already very likely that they were infected and you didn't even know it. And again, there have been no reported cases of a household domestic pet dog cat giving it back to an Where have there been some cases where there may be have, have been transmission from the animal to a person we have it, mink possibly ferrets and now they're thinking deer deer is acting as an interesting reservoir and they're not getting sick at all but they might be able to be transmitting it so that is something also that one needs to know as i'm waving back to you hi to all. So anyway, if you have any deer pets, if Bambi is around, uh, you might want to stay away. No, just kidding. So this is really good. I like, you know, I like these hats off cases. These are things where we're seeing more and more municipalities, more and more states that are getting really cracking down hard to protect animals. And here's one. State of Michigan, a bill in the Michigan House of Representatives would require accused animal abusers to cover to cover the care costs, which means sheltering them, the medical, whatever it has to be done, during the legal procedures. And they say if they don't, they're gonna confiscate the animal. Well, I would think the animals should have been confiscated, period, right away. But I guess I just have to wait for the, the legal proceedings to see if in fact this would be considered animal abuse, whatever the case may be. But here's the thing: failure to do so if they choose not to pay to have that animal housed during the proceedings and medical care provided during the proceedings, the legal proceedings, then it will result in confiscation and adoption. Or sadly, if the abuse was really bad and in the opinion of licensed veterinarians feel that animals should be euthanized, then they will euthanize the animal. But fortunately, most of these cases, uh, these animals do survive. They can be rehabilitated. They do very well. And a can be um, rehomed Into a better forever home, but and I said when when they talk about them, if they don't pay, they're gonna be confiscated. That's obviously better for the animal anyway. So I think that's what's I think that's why they do it because they know that these people are probably not gonna want to pay to have the animal boarded, housed in a shelter, taken care of, medical um, treatments, etc. I think that in the long haul, it's gonna be better for them to not be in that abusive home. I saw a story that I'm gonna wait till the end because. It is happening so much. I hear about it all the time, and it's really a good warning. And for those of you who want to tease a dog, Hopscotch, this great dog, by the way, eating a jade plant. And just bringing a topic that's great to talk about. If you have plants in your home and pets in your home, I think that you should, before you start decorating your home and plants, you really need to evaluate to, to do some homework on the plants that you are thinking of getting and their potential toxicity to pets. And if there is toxicity, then you have two choices. Very simple. Number one, well, three, but I'm not going to count getting rid of your pet. That's not one of them. It's either going to be don't get the plant or make sure that wherever you place the plant, it is 100% out of harm's way. So if you want it high up and you have a dog, little dog, there's no way to can get to it. That's great. Be careful. Cats. Cats are they can figure out ways to get to things when they want and they're really good climbers and lilies are one plant that could kill a cat. So not only the lily plant itself, but if you have them in a vase, okay, and you water it, that water at the bottom sometimes cats, as you put a little bowl or something right underneath. So there could be good drainage. That water can also be toxic. So it's something you really want to be very, very careful about. So I have a story. I don't know if you guys, if it broke in or out last week, On rabies, Texas reported a case of rabies in a child who was hospitalized after being bitten by a bat and rabies in people nearly always fatal unless unless the vac. it's one of those few diseases that you can actually vaccinate after the exposure. And because it's relatively slow developing that if you get it before clinical signs start so you can vaccinate right after the exposure, then you can actually survive. Anyway, what they do for people is the vaccinate and also injecting them with human immunoglobulin of patients that have already protection, antibody protection. But the important thing is that people to do it before clinical signs appear. Well, this story came that a, a family in Randolph County, Alabama, never been there, was exposed to rabies after they adopted a stray dog that was not vaccinated. And they feel was probably bitten at one point by a raccoon because they had found a rabid raccoon in that same area. So that is something that is, again, be careful. I always joke that, you know, here in L.A., when people say if I have to, because I don't like giving too many vaccines in one day, I am one of those guys I mean, I'm not saying, can it be done? Yeah, it's going to be okay most of the cases. Yeah, but do I want to even worry about that one case? And interesting, but this is something I talked to a human immunologist about. Well, of course, the immunologist was human or I couldn't talk to him, but a medical immunologist who works on people has that. So that he, he said that the body can handle millions of antigens at the same time. That's not the problem. The reason why, and he also guards against over-vaccinating too many in one day. It's not the actual antigen or that, the mRNA, whatever you're injecting in the pet. No, no, no. It is the adjuvant. It is the preservative. It's the liquid stuff that they use to put the antigens in and then the preservatives they use. That's when dogs or cats or people have a reaction. That's what they're reacting to. Well, that's why it's so important to minimize, I think, too many vaccines in one day, especially these little teeny puppies. They're coming in, and they're due for the distemper, and they're parvo. Now they're lepto, and they're bordetella, and they're rabies. Uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. I say, we're going to break this up. We're going to have you come back in two or even sometimes three visits. Some go, and I'm not this crazy. Crazy, yes, not this crazy. Some veterinarians also, for example, you know that we call the multivalent vaccine. For example, the DA2PP, distemper, adeno, type 2, parvo, parainfluenza right? And they're breaking up. They're giving them separately, they're giving this temper. And then a week later, the parvo. That, I mean, yes, if you really want to be super safe, but after my discussion with this immunologist, it doesn't make, that's not necessary because the antigen's not the problem. Yes, you can have 10 antigens. They're all in the same um, adjuvant though, and the same preservative. So even though you're getting two or three disease protection vaccines in one injection, one needle, one bottle, the adjuvant and the preservative is, is just the one. So it's not that bad. Anyway, if your vet wants to break them up, break them up. But I don't like to do too many in one day. So my point is that I always use rabies towards the end. If I do, let's say the ideal vaccine schedule, let's say it is 8, 12, and 16 weeks, right? 16 weeks, many states and municipalities, even as early as 12 weeks, require rabies. Well, guess what? I don't want to give a rabies shot with all those others. So I wait till 20 weeks or 19 weeks to give the rabies. Why? I would say, because we haven't had a reported case of rabies in a domesticated dog in LA in over 50 years. But now when you hear these stories about some parts of the country, you still wanna be very, very careful. I mean, still, I would recommend not loading up all those shots in one day. There are a lot of hospitals out there, some group hospitals and names I will not mention, but you could probably guess my dissatisfaction with some of them will give, I've seen them give literally, not only a lot of vaccines in one day, but vaccines that we don't even need. Yeah, they're giving Lyme disease. They're giving coronavirus disease. Oh, the rattlesnake. Why? Those are lifestyle vaccines. We don't have those in in Southern California, right? So I'm not giving Lyme. I'm not going to give Corona. Corona, not the new Corona-19, COVID-19 virus. I'm talking coronavirus. It's an intestinal virus. It's been around for a zillion years. It's the equivalent of a 24-hour stomach flu. And I believe the risk of the vaccine is actually worse than getting a 24-hour stomach flu. The dog is good in a day. So- I don't vaccinate against Corona and yet I see it all the time. So, you know, when it comes to vaccines, yes, I'm a vaccine fan, but also less is more. Don't give things that aren't necessary. If your dog never goes, sees the light of day, is, you know, walking around the neighborhood only never goes to the hiking in the mountains, the wherever the rattlesnakes, why are you giving a rattlesnake vaccine? And they're not even that great. I mean, it's better than nothing, of course, but they're not so great that you're going to risk a reaction. So anyway, I think I made myself very clear on that one. All right, next up, a story about um, diet and exercise. Of course, we know it's important, but I don't think many people know that dogs and especially cats, well, dogs and cats both, can get diabetes. Now, in dogs, typically, and I, I said I'm not going to say all the time because they didn't read the book. They're not supposed to know what they should and shouldn't have, but dogs typically don't get type 2 adult-onset diabetes. Even though they get it as an adult, it's still type 1, meaning it is insulin-dependent diabetes, not really related to their body shape, their size. Cats, however, are prone to type 2 diabetes, adult-onset diabetes, and one of the biggest predisposing factors in a cat, obesity. So it's very important, really, to keep your animals lean. Dogs, obese dogs, can also get type 2, not as common as the type 1 that's why it's very, very important. I have a question we'll talk after the show. Um, I mean, after the break, what causes high white cell count in a puppy? So we'll talk about that in a minute. So uh, what else can I tell you? So that's, uh, that's it. Well, wow, it's already 9.17. Boy, time flies when you're having a good time. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to finish a few reports that I have. Then we're going to answer the question from Eloise Pet Rescue on high blood count in a puppy. Then we're going to talk about puppy scams puppy scams that'll be the very end all right don't wait we'll right back so you know i'm always perusing what's going on in the pet world and i attend all the pet conferences I came across a company I really like called Carlson Pet Products. It's family-owned, very affordable stuff, and they specialize in creating pet safety products to keep your pets you know, happily protected from the puppy stage all the way through their senior years. And they have tons of products. They have pet pens and folded elevated pet beds. They have crates, pet gates, etc. And um, I love their portable pens. First of all, they're very lightweight. You can fold them up. They have a little carry bag for storing. So they're really so convenient for you to use. You can use them for at home. You can use them for travel or let's say you're just heading someplace down the street and you want to keep them protected. I think it's great. So the pet pens come in two sizes. You have a six panel and an eight panel. And so basically you get ample room to explore and you can add also an attachable canopy. So it creates like a shaded area to protect them from the sun. So for more information, you can visit them at harlsonpetproducts.com. You'll get 25% off your order plus free shipping. If you use the promo code PETLIFE, that's P-E-T-L-I-F-E. You're going to love them.
0: How many of you have pets? Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com.
1: And welcome back. You're here live in the second half of the show with Dr. Jeff. Here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff once again. To so join me, toll free 877 385 or you can join me here live just by clicking on PetLifeRadio.com, clicking on shows, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and hit that link, that Zoom link, and you can join me here live. So this was an interesting, two interesting stories we're going to talk about. Number one, I think this is, you know, cool stuff. I love this stuff. Okay, show of hands, how many of you have cats? Okay, I'm sure a lot of you have cats. I have five. So I know cats pretty pretty darn well. And if some of them aren't very aloof. Now, if I call my dogs, and if you have trained them well, positive reward positive reinforcement a dog here's the name they're gonna come i mean hoping because they think uh, they're gonna get a treat they're going out it's time for a walk whatever it is dog's gonna come cats (laughs) talk about aloof sometimes they don't even look at you sometimes they may turn who knows but cats they come when they want to come they're not going to come because you call them so this is interesting so do your cats seem to ignore you is the question and Mine often ignore me, but I think they hear me, and this is proof they do hear me. So cats develop a mentally map of their owner's location indoors by using the sounds of their voice. So researchers did this. They placed speakers in the house in two different locations, and they started having the cats go through one speaker. And then in that owner's own same voice, they played a speaker from a remote area, and they didn't give me the numbers on the report about how many, but they definitely were surprised. They showed elements of surprise by looking when hearing your voice coming out of one speaker, all of a sudden it someplace else. They looked. So it is important to note that they know your voice. They recognize your voice and they respond to the voice. Now, whether they're gonna come, ah, that's a totally different story, but they do recognize your voices. So this, there's, a, there's something that is a cool word, socio-spatial cognition. Once again, socio-spatial cognition and cats have it. So I thought that was very interesting. And next, we talk about anxiety. What stimulates, what gets our, our animals anxious? A lot of times it's separation. That's a biggie, separation anxiety. You know, you get a new pup, you adopt it. It probably came from a lousy, lousy situation. They're in a shelter. Now you come by, you take this thing home. And what do you do? What you should do? Shower this thing, this puppy, your kitten, whatever it is, with love and affection. And now, guess what? You've created a monster. Because they're so used to this. And they like this so much that when you're gone, oh my God, they're going nuts. They're vocalizing. They're tearing things apart. They're just destructive. They are depressed. They're peeing on things. I mean, there's so many things dogs do with separation anxiety. Anyway, there are other types of anxiety that are important to note. And sometimes we don't know them because we don't know what to look for. We don't know that these symptoms are symptoms of anxiety. What are some of the culprits? Vacuum cleaners microwaves any kind of loud frequency noise and this is one that i have recognized and i have heard it and diagnosed it you know when you have your fire detector your alarm your fire smoke detector okay and when the battery goes out you get this very loud annoying beep like every i don't know somewhere every 15 seconds some every 20 30 whatever it is it is so darn annoying and it is loud and it's meant to be loud because they want to, you know, they want to make sure that, that you hear it to know that it's time to change the battery. So, I mean, think about it. And so, anyway, what happens is it drives some dogs nuts. And we don't know it, but here's what to look for. Here's some of the signs. So, they're subtle. Turning their heads away. Okay, all of a sudden, they might hear it and they'll, they'll turn their heads away. Flattening their ears, especially when it comes to very loud sounds, in an attempt almost to dull out the sound licking their lips. Now, I always tell people that when dogs lick their lips, it's a sign of potential nausea. But now also know that it's a sign of anxiety and panting. And this is something people all the time, they think the dog has a respiratory infection. They're relaxed. It's nighttime. Everyone's quiet. They're on your bed. All of a sudden, and this, my big lab does this all the time. It's almost like something triggered inside him. I don't know. You don't know what it is, but now I'm realizing it could be some sort of anxiety. So if your pets are exhibiting any of those signs, especially when it's linked to some sort of noise, like I said, the vacuum cleaner, the, the microwave, the, any kind of loud noise, construction outside, then you know that it might be very likely it could be uh, anxiety. All right, lastly, I wanted to talk about puppy scams. It was a story that came up, and this is, was fortunately not a veterinary student, but a college student in India, obviously bright, he was involved, and he admitted it was a, a court case, right? And um, they're a scam where they would go online, sell these puppies, take pictures of really cute pups. They would get you to put deposits down. Check this out as Walmart gift cards, all right? Because they were in, that would be, their excuse was they would use it because from where they were, uh, it would be easier just to do a Walmart gift cards. Then after a week or two, then they would start asking for money and blaming it on shipping challenges because of the pandemic. And people would be sending them money waiting for their new pet. Well, guess what? There was no pet. So here's some recommendations I have. So even though puppy mills are still around and a lot of municipalities, including here in LA City of Los Angeles, uh, excuse me, LA County, there are no pet shops selling live pets, okay? Pet shops are for product, for food, and if they're live, they are rescue pets that were gotten, you know, that received for shelters, not not new cute little puppies, where they probably came from a puppy mill. And those are acceptable. So they're basically getting rescue dogs, cleaning them up, and then bring them to the pet shop and selling those and not for thousands of dollars. Clearly because they are adopted from shelters. So what you want to do is if you are dealing with a online, you meet somebody. Couple of things that they should have. First of all, a very long list of satisfied customers. Now that can be trumped up, but to really find out and you don't say you sort of surprise them with it. Oh, oh, by the way, I'd like the name of your veterinarian and phone number. How do they respond? If they respond, oh sure, his name is so and so, her name is so and so. Nowadays her name is probably more likely. If they hem and haw, oh, you know, I I got I or you want to see the shot record, they can make that stuff up. But they're not doing this without a vet. And if they are doing it without a vet, and they're doing it, they're giving their own shots, which they could. I'm not saying they can't. But guess what? You don't want that pet anyway. They should know because mom had to have been at a vet. So they have to have seen these dogs. These dogs should be checked by a veterinarian before you buy these puppies. And if they can't provide you with a name, then I would not trust. All right? And then also ask for their website and go on and check their website out. If they don't have a website, then again, that's a, a big red flag that something is not right. So, but I find the best one because you could they can still have a website, and make that up. They can still have a shot record and make that up. They can, they could be given the shots, maybe just by giving themselves. That's a possibility. But I would be very very hesitant to buy a puppy from someone who hasn't had. If not, I mean, certainly the puppy's checked out, but at least have a relationship with a veterinarian for mom. And if they didn't, then I would say pass on this one. Probably not a good idea. Curious to know, I know a lot of people have been uh, joining us today. Have you any of you been, nope, either personally or know someone who was sort of taken advantage of by one of these scammers that was selling puppies, but actually selling the right to buy a puppy, but not not selling the puppy because there was no puppy. I'd be really curious to know if you've heard of these because I have gotten, I wouldn't say tons, but I have gotten, uh, you know, at least a half a dozen calls from people that I knew clients that told me that they got scammed. So um, anyway, it does happen. And if it has happened to any of you, I would like to know about it because it's uh, i think it's an important thing and the fact that we learn from uh, each other. So before uh, last week, I know there were at the end of my show, is where there were a couple of things I was getting a lot of people tell me that we were losing connection. So I like this one, these last two, and then we'll say goodbye. A new New York law requires veterinarians, again, this is related, to report suspected animal cruelty. The reports can be confidential. But another new law, this is a really good one. I like this. Maybe New York's not so bad after all. No, no, it's another new law in New York bans homeowner insurance plans from denying or canceling coverage or setting higher premiums based on the breed of a dog living in the home. And we get this all the time. You have a chow, you have a Rottweiler, right? You have a pit bull and a lot of insurance companies are not insuring because of it. Or, oh, if you have these breeds, it's one thing to say, if you have dogs and they can blame it on the potential damage that could be caused by a dog in a home, any dog, I don't have any of those breeds. And if I put my dogs in a room for even 20 minutes, because I'm company over and I'm trying to, I want to put the the door is scratched to hell and they're good dogs and they're not pit bulls and they still do it. So then it would be okay. You could say, look, you have a, a clause. If you have pets, then this is what can happen. But you'll have to pay a higher premium, but they cannot deny insurance. So New York state, that's great and uh, much appreciated. And now that this is happening in one of the country's most highly populated states, especially city of New York, then we maybe we'll see this happening in other states as well. I like that a lot. And lastly, even though you wouldn't know it here in Los Angeles today, for those of you who are listening to me, not in L.A., I had one of my air vet calls this week from Milwaukee and it was already like starting to get cold. I will tell you that you'll be jealous, but it's going to be in the 80s again today. I think we've had four or five days in a row. Not a cloud in the sky. I can, it's so clear from some wind. I can already see all the mountain. I mean, it's a gorgeous day here in L.A., but it's getting colder. And it's if it's too cold for you, it's too cold for your pets as well. I should say unsheltered pets. And so outdoor pets. And now even if you have the Arctic breeds, even if you have the Samoyeds, even if you have the Huskies and the Malamutes, right, with a thick undercoating, they also, if they're not moving around, yeah, they can work. They can pull sleds in, you know, 15 degrees below zero. But they're moving. They're working. If they're just stationary, then they get cold as well. You have to provide them with shelter, shelter from the wind, because the wind chill factor contributes obviously to the cold, especially very old, very young, or infirm. If they're sick animals, you have to be very, very careful. Uh, Make sure they have water available. You might have to look for some. There are units now that can kind of keep the water heated, not like keep it warm, but they don't let it freeze. It keeps the temperature in the bowl, a certain temperature. So if it's above 35, 40 degrees, remember your refrigerator is 37 to 38 degrees. But even as I said, heavily coated animals, even if healthy, need protection from the cold. And let's go backwards. Why? We always say we don't like shaving these dogs down because that coat, even during the summer, because that coat is like a thermos. It does protect them from any Type of temperature variation. It keeps their body temperatures very, very stable. And if the coat is healthy, it's working. Now, if it's not healthy, if it's matted, if there's some skin disease, ah, different story. Then we may have to, you know, shave them down. But just know that when you hit these areas, like I've been, I've been in Kansas City in February. It's cold. And uh, I mean, I, at one point, I was taking a walk from the hotel into this area called the Plaza. And if, if you know Kansas City, it's fantastic. It's like walking down Rodeo Drive. But that walk, and it was a short walk. You could see it from the hotel. We had to cross over just a park. And it was a five, I don't know, five, seven minute walk. (laughs) Man, we got to this restaurant. I had to check my ears. I thought my earlobes cracked off. It was really cold. So it's that cold for us. It's that cold for our dogs. All right, with that. We will be here next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. For those of you joining me on Instagram Live, great seeing you. Thank you so much again. If any of you have any questions, you can reach me either Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. If you are not signed up on Airvet already, sign up on Airvet, and you can get me that way or get a veterinarian 24/7 live, real chat, just like we're chatting now with your pet. Or Dr. Jeff, DrJeff.com. But I would love to have you join me here live on Pet Life Radio. We're here every Sunday morning, nine in the West, noon in the East and uh, everything in between. Have your pet with you, and I'd love to answer questions and help you with anything you need help with. Have a great Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets.
0: Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.